this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Snippet, the short podcast platform. Boy meets 90s. Boy meets 90s. Welcome to Boy Meets 90s, a show dedicated to 90s and early 2000s millennial nostalgia. I'm Tyler Russell, and today we're going to talk about a couple of cartoons that you may remember from your past, Pepper Ann and Kim Possible. So let's welcome to the show our two guests, Madeline Paxson and Eddie Guzalian, who worked as story editors and writers on those shows I just mentioned, Pepper Ann and Kim Possible. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi, Tyler. Hi, thanks for joining us. Um, so you guys have had long, flourishing careers in cartoons. You've gone on to be directors and producers of all sorts of movies, but uh, the 90s and early 2000s treated you well as kind of uh, the beginning of your artistic careers in cartoons. Um, so uh, first of all, I think we should start where each of those shows start, and the audience would be uh, thrilled, I think, to hear the theme songs that they remember from about 20 years ago. Absolutely. So so let me play just a minute here of the Pepper Ann theme song to start, because um, for whatever reason, I still sing this, like, on a daily basis. So here you go. Pepper Ann was the star of the 1997 cartoon on Disney's One Saturday Morning. In the show, Pepper Ann faced moral dilemmas and always ended the episode by learning a valuable lesson. Accompanied by friends Nikki and Milo, they taught viewers that it was okay to be themselves. Most importantly, Pepper Ann had pretty much the best theme song of all time. But the catchy tune we have all come to love was not always what it is now. Here's Maddie and Eddie on that. That is not the original theme song. Oh, it's not. Yeah. There was a theme song I, I, before I, that, and I, it was just so different. It you know it wasn't happy and upbeat, and we ended up using it in an episode later. The the Milo character is depressed and writes some and writes some really uh, writes some really depressed you know sings some really depressing song in his bedroom, and it was the original. <laughs> theme song to the show really i remember yeah. it like, so if you, i could if i could I, sing I, I, I could sing it badly but i'm sure it's somewhere it's, it was in so, the if I remember, of youtube as i remember the first line was something like is pepper yeah is it true pepper and do you see do you the see same the colors same i do <laughs> and it was like really heavy like it really brought you down How like, i wonder you're a good what singer makes the yeah maddie can sing too hot too cold yeah, to wear shorts exactly and too answer. hot for a sweater Pepper Ann. But if you, how if, different is that? Like, wow. Um, so did the theme song get vetoed right away? Then it. This the is before it was. You know, it was vetoed before. I think it really went into production because it was just a little too. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Other than too a little, serious. They wanted something more upbeat and bouncy. And I, th- that's I, I think they were going for like they were going for angst. I think 
or the angst of the character. And it just, but also, it's it like just, just, that, just, there's nothing funny about that. You know, it's not. Yeah. You're, you're not being set up with that theme song to be like, "Ooh, let's have fun." Right. It's, it is very just like. Eh. So, do you remember hearing that one, the one we just played for the first time, and thinking, "All right, this is it." Yeah, especially because we had the old one to compare it to. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is so much better. Right. Do you do you recall the band that did it? Uh, are they do they still exist? Any idea? Was it Bambi Moe at the time? <laughs> That's that was the her name was actually Bambi. I think that the voice actress who does Pepper Ann sings the song. Oh really? So so why do you think it stood the test of time? Why do I still remember that song? <laughs> because you heard it when you were how old? Eight. <laughs> A I would have been eight. Million times. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's that's everything. I think repetition yeah. and <laughs> if you really like. That song, which I do, for, I still do. Or sometimes I can think it works. I think it works the opposite way too, where you, the song you don't wouldn't have liked if you just heard it as a song on the radio, but if you love the show and associate the song with the show, then suddenly the song seems great to you because of the connection you have to the, your feelings about the show. Kim Possible was another popular '90s and 2000s cartoon with a theme song nobody could get out of their head either. Recorded by artist Christina Milian, the Kim Possible theme song had people everywhere changing their ringtones to four distinctive beeps that are recognizable still today. That one, I mean, equally iconic, I'd say. Uh, a little later, a little later, you can kind of hear the music trend has Absolutely. changed five years later when they have more of a, a hip-hop star. And uh, the ringtone, which plays at the end, let's listen to that. You know that you always can So what's the city? So how many times have you heard that on people's phones? Like so many times. And the funny <laughs> thing is, like, like, for a while when ringtones were first coming up, I'd hear it all the time. Then it seemed to, like, die down and in the last couple of years i'd say i i now hear it more even so it's like almost it feels like if, i don't know it's people rediscovering the show or whatever right. but i will be in a coffee shop and 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 it's so distinctive i've heard i think i've heard it so many times i'm programmed to recognize <laughs> it so even if it's like way across on the other side of the room i will hear i'll, I'll kind of perk up like a dog when I hear it, like, uh, and four, four little notes can be so evocative. Just do, do, yeah. Do. Or I remember being in an airport in New Zealand <laughs> and hearing it that we and just and, and feeling a little freaked out. It's it's such a distinctive thing, and it's it's really brilliant the way they did build it into the uh, t- the, the title song of the show, and that's you know the song the sound she hears in the show when she gets uh, yeah gets called. So it's like that was very very well well put together, and the music on the show in general was was really good. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, the whole the whole conception of Kim Possible it came at just the right time. Uh, Mark McCorkle and Bob Schooley, who created the show, it was sort of their first chance to do an original thing, and I think they they really embraced and enjoyed the chance to do, to do uh, their own thing. And I think they kind of were feeling like they were never going to get that chance so much so that when it came time, this, this is a true story. the The only thought they put into the show before pitching it was, I think Mark McCorkle came up with the name Kim Possible. 
and Bob Schooley came up with the she can do anything. <laughs> They, like put, they, like they, a- they put that on a card and went in and just pitched that with no <laughs> no more of an idea of the story or characters than, than wow. that. And that, that was it. What? Very spur of the moment. It, was, it wasn't this project that they had been working on for years to try to get off the ground. Like I think it was a very, very spontaneous thing and then just grew out of that. Um, but yeah, it was a big, it was, it was sort of a big, as far as the animation side of things, it was like their, their big flagship animated show during that time. Yeah. Period. Um, Pepper Ann also aired on something that I remember fondly, one Saturday morning, right. um, which, I mean, exploded, probably. Saturday morning cartoons kind of getting the, this branding that made everything cohesive. Do you still hear people talk about that as something they, they remember watching? No. Never. No? Never. <laughs> really? Not, not. I never hear about one Saturday morning. Cause, cause, and it's cause, funny cause, because cause, who watches Saturday morning cartoons anymore? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We did. So, yeah. We did. Yeah. We yeah. did, too. Yeah. There weren't any other times no, to watch. I, I, I hear people talk about the shows from that block. But yeah. what you're referring to, the one Saturday morning, is basically like the interstitial thing yeah. that kind of stitched yeah. a whole block of... Uh, I remember of, that of, jingle, too. <laughs> I kinda, you know, the funny thing is there was a lot... I remember there was a lot of discussion about about those interstitials and, and, and how those... Because I think that some of the things they were doing were kind of considered slightly revolutionary. And I think that they were purposely ending and starting shows like 10 minutes past the hour hmm. so that if you were watching one Saturday morning, it would be harder to change to another channel because oh. you'd, be, you'd be in the middle of the yeah, show. Yeah, so I think that there were things they kind of intentionally planned to do to kind of keep it's not that a bad block. idea. Really. It's actually not. It's <laughs> yeah. actually, from a programming standpoint, it's kind of, it's kind of brilliant. But uh, probably doesn't matter as much in the DVR age that ab- we're in Absolutely. Now, That's right. the thing. It was Back a different, then. It was a different era. Yeah. Um, so, so does it surprise you, kind of an overall general question, does it surprise you how, how these things are still prevalent in pop culture, how Kim Possible and Pepper Ann specifically um, are still important in people's lives? Yeah, I think it really does, because at the time we were, we were making them, you know, you, you, there were shows, and then they would just kind of go away. And I think we, we didn't know at the time was that there was going to be this internet kind of video-on-demand thing coming that made things not necessarily disappear or fade away and you can watch them easily they're readily available and would be and so uh I, I think that was the thing we didn't see coming and didn't real like i didn't realize that it's not like people have to watch this live on the air anymore it's like they can go searching for it online right and and, and i think that's one of the reasons it's it's happened but i remember just the, you know i also remember the first time people started coming up to me who appeared to me to be adults and said, I, I grew up watching Kim Possible. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, sort of a stunning thing because it kind of like, to me, they, it just, it was more of just a wake up call that I'm older, that you're than, old, older yeah. than Moses because <laughs> it just seemed like, well, wait, you're a full grown person. What do, you, what do you mean? We'll be right back with more Boy Meets 90s. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Boy Meets 90s. Our conversation with Madeline Paxson and Eddie Guzalian continues. How about just like some commentary on um, where TV has gone? Uh, um, You know, do people my age, you think, remember these shows so fondly because they were better than shows are today? Or is it just like a byproduct of of that generation? 
how could we possibly answer that? <laughs> uh, it's a good <laughs> question. Totally it's, it's, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know whether every generation, you know, there is part of it that I think every generation feels like the shows they grew up with were a little mm-hmm. better be- right. because they were special to you. And so, but I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't know that if shows are better or worse. They do seem like they're a little different in that, like, for example, Pepper Ann, who was created by Sue Rose, it felt like a very, like, uh, personal vision of, like, what she remembered her childhood yeah. to be like. It kind of is her. It, yeah. Well, and, and it was and the, the first woman to create a show for Disney Channel, I think I read her. She was, like, the first, first woman created pro- show. Probably the first I woman that I can yeah. think of, definitely. I, but, yeah. but, but it was a very personal kind of thing, and I, I get the feeling that that is definitely gone now. The shows that come out now are very much more by committee kind of, yeah. kind of things, and that a show like that would not... It, you know, that person would have to make it as their own web series or something because right. to get it on kind of a major network, I think something that's that small and personal is not, it, you know, doesn't tick the boxes. The 90s weren't particularly iconic for fashion or for music, but for people of a certain age, it was definitely memorable. Maddie and Eddie share with me the trends they were sporting at that time. I didn't realize it, you would be exposed <laughs> like this. I mean, that's, that's well, the thing. Here's the thing. Is that we were probably your age. Right. And to our, in our minds, we're still your age. So yeah, in our so the, so we know in our, exact same you were. In our deluded minds. No, that's kind of, it's like time passes and you don't exactly feel it passing, like things changing, changing. Yeah. The way you do from childhood to adulthood, sure. right? Sure, because me for the 90s, I suspect it's probably the same for Maddie. Is the, that was sort of the time I had, I finished college and moved to L.A., so it was my first foray into kind of Hollywood and the entertainment business was, I think, 92 I moved here. And so my memory of myself then is being sort of uh, struggling, you know, working in mail rooms and struggling to kind of yeah. break into the industry somehow. Uh, and so I think I was wearing very little. I'm trying to think of like, is there anything, <laughs> was there any really embarrassing cargo pants? I yeah, think, definitely cargo I think pants. I, I think I, could, I would definitely be guilty of that. This, this is the beauty of it, though, is that, pre, that that era was still pre-digital camera. So whatever I was wearing... <laughs> It's still going to be kind of a secret. Like we can wipe that. We can wipe that from the record. <laughs> since this, since digital cameras come along and phones and stuff, like people growing up now, like any time, like if you were to ask that question to somebody in you know ten years, fifteen years from now, you'll just be able to pull up right, online on and, and find out exactly what they were wear, wearing. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm very happy that I can't go back and see <laughs> what I was wearing when I was working in a mailroom in 1994. I can remember what I was wearing in the 80s more because it was very more dramatic. It's pretty distinctive, distinctive, yeah. Um, whereas I don't know if I could tell the de- that much of a difference between the last three decades. I don't know. <laughs> M- maybe that's because I'm well, getting older. Well, or let's – we can – this is not exactly the same thing. What were you driving? That For, for, for people mo- who moved to L.A., that's always a big question. Sure. It's like you that's can't be one. in L.A. without a car and you don't have any money and stuff. So I was in some just awful – like 1983 Volkswagen Scirocco. <laughs> Was what I was yeah, that's what you were wearing. Yeah, this is the model I... that, it, like, <laughs> you, and you don't even see them on the streets anymore. It's not like they've stood the test of time, or, <laughs> or like you, I don't think I don't remember the last time I've passed a Scirocco uh, on the street. Uh, and 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 Maddie, what were you? What were you? I was cruising? driving a Ford Tempo. Yeah, also not a thing anymore. I'm trying to think like the 90s, even like the mu- music and, and things. Yeah, but, what were we listening to in Well, the it was grun- the grunge thing sure. came along. Sure, like, like, Yeah, uh, that, that was a big Did thing. Did No Doubt come along? Yeah, No Doubt, yeah. definitely. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. The show that I'm working on now yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. is a, based, it's 
a Gwen Stefani show. Oh, it's yeah. a Gwen Stefani show? Yeah, see, I it's forgot. We should, have yeah. Started, yeah. we should have started with this because I forgot that she was sort of a 90s. Yeah, icon. she's also an Orange County resident, by the way. Yeah, that's yes. true, too. Oh, yeah. Your, your listeners. Yeah. So we, although she doesn't live there now because we've been to her house. Um, <laughs> I like you can drop that in. Yeah, sure. No, <laughs> when I was she at wanted, Gwen's house. It's a, you know, it, post No Doubt, she did this Harajuku Girls thing. Um, and a lot of merchandising came out of that, and including little action, not action figures, but little designs of her and these girls. And basically, they hired me to come up with a show around that. Okay. So I did. Now this now we're moving into season three on this show, but this is in Australia. Oh. So when the internet came out, <laughs> the good thing about it is now I don't have to just, I don't have to go anywhere to work. I can stay here. So, yeah, basically right. that's... So we haven't seen this show no, in the United States. and I don't know if you ever will. I mean, huh. they're trying to get it to air on Disney, on something on Disney. So let's see if that So you happens. maybe were listening to No Doubt in the 90s. Fast forward a couple couple decades, and now you're yeah, hanging out with is, Gwen on her new really show. It's really strange. We're not, and I wouldn't say hanging out with her. No, but, we don't hang uh, out with her. We've just but, gone to her but house. But she's been great times. about the show, you know, as far as, as like, you know, approving things and, and stuff. She, she seems... One really great. These days, Maddie and Eddie have done a real 180 in their careers. They don't make cartoons, but rather horror films. They have an independent film out now called Blood Punch. It is uh, it is an adult uh, horror film, not not at children. <laughs> no. That's what happens when cart- good cartoon writers go bad. <laughs> uh, that could be <laughs> another well, show. Yeah. Yeah, Blood Punch was something we did. It did feel like, in a lot of ways, we did it to get it out of our system. There were some pent up issues, maybe from writing Winnie the Pooh things for long <laughs> enough. Or, uh, but you learn a lot from writing cartoons because yeah. because it's not like live action stuff where you cartoons have to have each character has to have a very distinctive character. You can't just oh boy girl, you know they right. have to have a personality, a real personality to. It's a cartoon, right? I, th- I think in live action there is a tendency to sometimes y- you can get away with writing characters bland and you're you're counting on the actor to bring something that's going to make it come to life. And I think in animation it's almost the opposite philosophy of you can't assume that, be, you know, be, like you, the, the limits of the visual anim, you know, thing, you're, you're, you don't know what you're going to get back. You don't know who's going to be cast in it. And I think there is, it sort of trains you in a, in a better way to make the voice of each character on, on the page as you're writing very distinctive and, yeah. and to pop. Well, uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, sharing so many intimate details of your past and of the shows Kim Possible and Pepper Ann. Thanks for sharing with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. No, thank you great for having, having us. It's great. great being here. Yeah. Thanks to you both. I'm Madeline Paxson, Eddie Guzalian. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. This has been Boy Meets 90s. Thanks for remembering a simpler decade with us. Join us next week as we speak with Connie Shulman, the voice behind Doug's Patty Mayonnaise.